When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is the perfect fit. So remember, folks, if you want to get the uh, good times going, make sure you got the Bud Light flowing. And there'll be plenty of Bud Light flowing this weekend when the Longhorns are back in action at home versus the K-State Wildcats. So remember, folks, Bud Light, pick it up at your own convenience store, grocery store. It's everywhere because it is the world's number one light beer. Bud Light brewed by Texans for Texans and damn proud of it. When your money's on the line, put it on the line with MyBookie, a trusted sports book that gives you tools to win. At MyBookie, it doesn't matter if your team is up or down, you can easily cash out or bet the game live to come out on the winning side. Use MyBookie for daily odds boosts, same game parlays, and take advantage of huge prize pool contests. Every single sack, fumble, and touchdown is another chance at a big payday. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag right now and register for an account absolutely free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use the promo code HORN to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's the promo code HORN to claim your deposit bonus and for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. Try the MyBookie money bag to grab a potential Super Bowl front runner at long shot odds. Have you ever heard of 38,000 plus odds on the 49ers and Chiefs? You won't find odds like that anywhere else like MyBookie. You can bet anything, you can bet anytime, and you can bet anywhere. As long as you're betting with my friends at MyBookie, you're betting with the best. Sue Patrick, an iconic local business with us since 1975, has 48 years. It's Sue Patrick and her son, Jay Willems. There, they specialize at Sue Patrick in just about anything that's truly Texas or truly Austin. But best of all, it's the greatest place of all to get the classy, really good Longhorn gear, merchandise, and clothing that you want. Just in right now, just in, Texas Longhorn football player jerseys for 2023, and they are are sharp. They've got them for players Xavier Worthy, Arch Manning, Quinn Ewers, and Jalen Ford. Texas Longhorn football player jerseys for 2023. Get over there, I suggest, now and get yours before they're gone. And by the way, there's no hot and confounding parking garage to deal with. You park right at the front door. 5222 Burnett Road. Plan your next visit any Monday through Saturday, 930 to 4. Or check them out now at suepatrick.com. Specs brings the oohs and ahs to fall in Texas. Oohs for the stunning selection and ahs for the rock-bottom prices. Whether it's grains or grapes, Specs is your good-time guru with lower prices on a Texas-sized selection of world-class wines, rare spirits, and specialty beers. So when you need to up the ooh and ah of your weekend hurrah, get to Specs and shop in awe. Because at Specs, the fun starts here. If you're celebrating Halloween with a drink or two, take some of the fright out of your Halloween night by planning ahead for a safe ride home from your festivities. Drunk driving is 100% preventable. Anheuser-Busch, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, Uber, Brown Distributing, and The Horn would like to remind everyone in Central Texas that if you drink, don't drive. Decide to ride. 
This hour brought to you by Eckert Dentistry. Dr. Eckert can give you a new smile in just one day. Permanently secure to dental implants. Call 345-3166 or online at D-R-U-E-C-K-E-R-T dot com. You're listening to KTAE AM Elgin. K270CO Round Rock. Texas Sports. The Horn. The Horn. Guests on the Horn appear courtesy of the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Vaqueros now delivers and offers curbside pickup. For info on placing your lunch or dinner order, visit vaqueroscafe.com. Hook them up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. What a Tuesday it is. It's uh, the day after the sports equinox, so there's a ton of uh, recap from games, including the World Series Game 3. Rangers take a 2-1 advantage, thanks in large measure to their franchise cornerstone, Corey Seager. Big home run, early gave him the early lead, and then man made some... He and Josh Young. Rangers made some great defense plays. Adolis Garcia with the throw out at home. Josh Young making plays at the hot corner. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And then uh, Corey Seager with the big double play. Eighth inning kind of rallied with Aroldis Chapman on the mound. Looks like Aroldis is about to go Aroldis potentially with uh, you know his ups and downs. And hard hit, double play, turned it. Corey Seager did. Uh, got him out of the inning and... Uh, LeClerc shut it down from there. So the Rangers take the win, but they'll be looking at the injury report today. Reevaluations for Max Scherzer and Adolis Garcia, who left that game in the eighth inning with uh, a left side tightness. Left side tightness, Rod. Left side. Got that right. Left side. Um, Yeah, but he's, I mean, he might be out for the rest of the World Series, it looks like, right? It just depends on how bad it is. I mean, it's one of those. Look, your season's over when it's over. Can you gut it out? Can you take some? Can you yeah, take some you, hacks? Yeah, if you gut it out, are you going to hurt your team? Shoot to me up! Shoot me up! Let's uh, go! Put me in, coach. How old is Adolis Garcia? Thirty. That old? You know, he's thirty years old. It's amazing to me. Do you know that the in 2021, I believe it was, when the Cardinals traded him to the Rangers for cash considerations? <laughs> Man, be traded cash. for cash. Yeah, straight yeah. cash, homie. Yeah. Which doesn't – I mean, it's like getting a bag of balls. Pretty much, yeah. That's how little they thought of him. And now, really? What's going on with old that, – that's amazing. Uh, for, for the team like the Cardinals, who typically get those things right. I mean, they don't make terrible trades like that that often in that organization over their history. But a uh, little bit new leadership there. Yeah. But, uh, that man, good fortune for the Rangers. Uh, great fortune. For, well, the Rangers have made their own fortune. I mean, you talk about the Evan Carter story all the time. Oh, and I mean, they've done a good job of finding the right pieces, and they've, they've built it, a lot of it, in free agency. But they had a strong farm system, too. It's just really an impressive job of what the Rangers have done to turn this thing around it's from a 100-plus loss team two years ago to now being in the World Series. 
and on the way to winning the World Series. Also, we mentioned trade deadline today, Rod. We'll get into some of the power rankings in the NFL coming out of week eight. And, you know, I kind of wrote some of this stuff down. The best teams, I think, Rod, but then one maybe what their fatal flaw is potentially right now. The good debate coming in because that would lead into the trade deadline discussion, right? Things they may need to add. I would say that um, the NBA's trade deadline, the James Harden trade, just oodles and oodles of players and picks and just his two makes your head hurt. But our, our friend Nick Wright over there at Fox Sports put this out there this oh, yeah. morning. He said the Clippers are truly an hilarious franchise. Kawhi, Paul George, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook are all free agents after this season. Wow. And okay. their future first-round picks, 24, belongs to Oklahoma City. 25, they have a swap with OKC. 26 to OKC. 27, swap with OKC. 28 belongs now to Philadelphia. The 29, swap with Philadelphia. So the question in L.A., I mean, they got a billionaire owner in Steve Ballmer. Ooh. Think about that. Kawhi, Paul yeah. George, Ru- James Harden, and Russ are all free agents. Yeah, none of them have a reputation. And they have no draft picks. And none of them have a reputation for playing in the postseason. Like, Kawhi has had that one, but for the most part, Kawhi doesn't play you know, uh, deep into seasons. I mean, that's not what are really his things, or at least the reputation he has. We just talked about James Harden's underachieve, uh, underachieving uh, exploits in the postseason. And then Paul George. I mean, George is. Well, I guess what I'm saying is I, I, they're either all in for this year. And if it doesn't work, then who's on their team next year? Well, maybe that's what they're going to re- they're gonna Maybe they decide then they're going to retool. They're going to revamp everything. Well, clearly. Yeah. Uh, and and because there's no guarantee that any of those guys resign. I mean, I think Kawhi Leonard would like to resign in L.A. That's his hometown. James Harden, that's his hometown. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's a, it doesn't make doesn't look like a lot of long term sense for the Clippers. There's no security beyond this year. Their best players are all free agents, and they don't have any draft picks. Yeah, but remember that new CBA, it does change a lot of the, uh, the, the, the way that roster, roster construction is going to be handled going forward for the NBA. Uh, essentially, the, the, way they, they, the way they position the new CBA is a lot of teams are going to find it tougher to build these super teams and stockpile all these, these max contracts and stockpile these big contracts. It's really tough to do. Uh, essentially, you don't have the option to just say, I'll pay the luxury tax like the Golden State Warriors did for years. Saying, oh, we don't give a damn if we're over the luxury tax. We'll just pay it because we're going to be so damn good. We'll win it all, and we'll make the money on the back end with all of the you know the, the the deals and endorsements we'll make all that money back so we'll pay the luxury tax the nba is shutting that down so you can't just pay the luxury tax because you don't know how to handle the salary cap anymore yeah well i'm just saying those four guys could all leave and if they do then you have nobody draft picks to draft new players yeah. you just have to be in the free agent market and uh doesn't i don't know that's not a very sound and my point strategy. is it's gonna be hard it's hard to build that way yeah with the new cba it's hard to build that that's way. what i'm saying like, i don't know yeah. what their plan is but they must have one they now have james hart on their team uh, also the trade the one big trade that's gone down this is interesting too that the leonard williams the pro bowl defensive tackle of the giants is going to seattle seattle's the first of the nfc contenders to make a big move to bolster their d-line now is he wanting a new deal they just signed him to a new deal not too long ago didn't no he? he's playing in the last year of his deal oh, okay. he's a free so agent wants, when the season's so he wants over a new deal that's what it is so okay. essentially the giants bought a third a second round pick that's what they did because they're paying his salary this year yeah I mean, the, the Seahawks are, gave up a second-round pick to get Leonard Williams to fortify their D-line. They're paying almost nothing on the deal. The, the New York Giants are going to pay that. They're going to get him to play for them. But then if they don't re-sign him when the season's over, Rod, they'll get a third-round compensatory pick for him. So it's almost a pick swap I like is that. what they're doing. But they're looking for the production out of Leonard Williams to, to fortify their run game, and they know they have to play the uh, 
their run. They got to play the Niners again, right? Uh, that division, uh, they're now ahead of them. So that trade went down. He's on the franchise tag, right? Is that what it is? Saqu- he the, yeah, he. Well, I thought. On, is he on the franchise tag, Linda Williams? Well, um, so he, he, but he's just in the last year of a deal. Okay. Uh, Seahawks and Giants. Seahawks gave up a second round pick for only half a season of Williams, but the Giants are paying all of his salary, expect, except the minimum. Uh, Giants are essentially paying nine million bucks okay. for a second round draft pick. Okay. And then, you know, if you, you might resign him, you might resign him in Seattle. If not, you let him walk and the NFL will give you a compensatory pick because he's got that value. Uh, and he'll go into free agency this offseason. So we'll follow that. Uh, trade deadline, the money ball hijinks that goes on around it. Uh, always fun, too. Uh, Rod, do you agree with me that uh, coming out of eight weeks of football now in the NFL, the Philadelphia Eagles are the best team at 7-1? and one? Is there an argument to be made for that? There's a team that's better than the Philadelphia Eagles. No. 7-1. It's, it's not a dominant 7-1, though. I mean, it's, they're, they're beatable. Uh, yeah, that, beat and here's their fatal flaw, Rod. They're 25th in passer rating allowed. Yeah, which is why they went out and got Kevin Byer to safety. Yeah. And right now there are talks that they're interested in Jalen Johnson. The they might be. cornerback from the Bears who's gotten permission to seek a trade. Well, that would be nice for them because it would, yeah. they're 25th. I mean, Sam Howell just lit them up. Yep. Sam Howell and the Washington Commanders has lit them up. Which is weird because they have a pass rush. I know. And a lot of times the pass rush can make up for lackings you have in the secondary because they don't have to cover for that long. But now with the Eagles, they've still have been exposed even with one of the best pass rushers in the league. So if we have Philadelphia at one, who's the second best team right now? Baltimore, Miami, Kansas City, or Detroit? Um, man. All six and two. Wow, that's good. I'm going to go – yeah, because Baltimore, people are sleeping on Baltimore. They had a lot of injuries on defense. And the two losses are kind of giveaway games. Yeah. I'm going to – man, Kansas City looked bad, too, uh, last week. I know that was just well, – They looked great the week before against the, the Chargers. And then it's Patrick just... Mahomes looked like he was dealing with a sickness of some kind. I'm going to go with the Chiefs, benefit of the doubt, with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. But I hate – and I repeat, hate that wide receiving core. It's bad. they got to do something before this? the trade deadline. Kadarius Toney and Sky Moore have combined for nine catches and 71 yards over the last Ugh. three games. And there is Shee Rice. I mean, he, he, he actually is pretty good, but he drives drop rate is really high. I don't know – how, if they don't do something before the trade deadline, I know they, they traded for McKeel Hardeman, so they got him. But if they don't do something a little bit more uh, drastic and impactful before the trade deadline, I don't know if I'd pick them getting to coming out of the AFC. Can I say this, and I'm not the owner of the L.A. Chargers, but those two players catching nine balls for 71 yards over the last three games, that included the Chargers. Brandon Staley allowed Travis Kelsey to catch 200 yards worth of receiving. And they got nobody else. Yeah, one guy. It's Travis Kills. He's the one guy. What the hell's guy. wrong with y'all? <laughs> He's the one guy. How do you not cover him? <laughs> you don't have to cover the other guys. They don't catch it very often. You really don't. You, you pretty much go man-to-man on those guys. You really, that's why this Miami matchup, you know, Miami going up against them matches up pretty – not really well, but at least they can move Jalen Ramsey around and say – He's hey, back. And just guard That's Kelsey. That's almost like a trade made, right, to get him back healthy? Yes. It's like guard Kelsey because, remember, the Rams used to play that star at nickel position. They'd move him around. If you can just put him on Kelsey some and then you can man up on the outside, that would be a good strategy for the Miami Dolphins. Well, and the fatal flaw for the Dolphins is that their defense has allowed 48 and 31 points to yeah. the Bills and Eagles, the two good, good teams, teams they play. Yeah, they, when they play a good team. And they're that, about to play the Chiefs. Yeah, that defense is exposed. And honestly, the offense is a little exposed against a good defense. They've been yeah. limited versus a good defense. Yeah, and the Lions are 6-2, and two, sitting atop that division, that if the Vikings don't make a move, they could run away with that division, start thinking about 
you know, home field advantage kind of things because the Lions are clearly better than the Vikings are coming. But now Kirk Cousins is hurt. Bears are terrible. Uh, Packers are terrible with Jordan Love. Oh, yeah, uh, they're going to mop up on that division. You wonder what they do. You know, I don't know. But their flaws, they're just young, right? They're just that, that game in Baltimore kind of gives you pause. Like, golly, they just got avalanched in Baltimore. But it happens in the National Football uh, League. And it happens when Lamar Jackson plays the NFC because he doesn't see yeah, him very often. Yeah. And go look at his record versus the NFC. It's just they, you know, they don't see him. And when they do see him, it's kind of shell shock. <laughs> the, the next level teams are the Cowboys, obviously, which played their best game coming out of their bye week. They look great. Also, they can make another statement on Sunday. They need to make a statement today and make a trade. Yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> three o'clock is your deadline. Cincinnati, they're only four and three, but Joe Burrow's now healthy. He just carved up the Niners. And we know when Joe Burrow is healthy, he's probably the second best quarterback in this league. Well, and Lou Anarumo is easily the most underrated defensive coordinator in the league for Cincinnati. Remember playoffs, he dials it up. Some great game plans for the best quarterbacks well, in the league. that's their combination, right? We're going to ride Joe. Joe Cool. Yep. He goes into San Francisco with Joe Montana in the building. Of course, they had the big honor roll game for the Niners, and Joe Burrow was just awesome. Ooh, just and unlike Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow has dudes to throw to. Yeah, some of the best in the league. Nothing but. So you got to put Cincinnati in there, and then there's Jacksonville, 6-2, and, and Buffalo. They kind of round out your, your nine best teams. Seattle's in there, too. But uh, Jacksonville, keep an eye on them. But they're going to play. By the way, Jacksonville and San Francisco route are now into their bye, and when they come out of the bye, they play each other. San Francisco plays Jacksonville, then which will be a really good game oh, yeah. fresh off the bye week. And um, that San Francisco defense has been struggling a little bit, and that Jacksonville offense is finding their groove. And this weekend's kind of like the Big 12 because the Dolphins will play the Chiefs, the Cowboys will play the Eagles, uh, Ravens have a big showdown game this weekend too. So, Bills play the Bengals. Yeah, this is pretty good. Clarity week in the Big Twelve. Clarity weekend in the NFL as well. I like that. All right, let's go to uh, Rod's rant here. Good stuff out of the the the, the pigskin conversations, but Rod's got more of it. Rod's rant of the day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car. Any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. No, you've got it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. Uh, Just real quick, I want to get into some of my notes from watching the K-State-Missouri game, the K-State-Oklahoma State game. So we'll get to that here in just a second. But I want to talk some Cowboys uh, just really quickly while we have a little chance. I was very critical of the Dallas Cowboys last week and in some of their antiquated antiquated concepts they're using uh, on offense and the lack of modern cheat codes they were using on offense. The one that really upset me the most was the lack of movement, pre-snap movement and shifts on offense. The Cowboys, prior to that game versus the Rams, they were 27th overall in pre-snap motion, and they were 32nd in rate of motion at the snap. All right, which was, I mean, one that's that's unforgivable. I mean, there's no reason for the Dallas Cowboys not to be using more motion and more motion at the snap. Going uh, uh, into that game, like I said, the Cowboys, and obviously that was coming off the bye week. 
Um, the Cowboys had to work on some things offensively, and I think one of the eh, one of the adjustments was just let's start using more motion. It's a simple adjustment. That's why I brought that up because it's one of those simpler things you can do. Everything else is a little bit more complicated. You got a lot more uh, you know moving parts. Uh, you got a lot more intricate uh, steps you have to take in terms of improving things with play action and time to throw and footwork. We're talking about using more motion. Period. And before the snap, at the time of the snap. Cowboys were 27th uh, and 32nd prior to uh, this game versus the Rams. So like, they used their bye week, and it was pretty obvious that one of the things they tried, they, they tried to do more of, which is use more motion. Uh, against the Rams, they utilized motion at the snap in, on 18 snaps. It's at the snap, motion at the snap. Um, that means somebody's moving while the ball is being snapped. Coming into Sunday, the Cowboys were only using motion at the snap on an average of five and a half plays per game. And they used it 18 in a game versus the Rams. Three times more than they've uh, been using it on average all year long. That's brilliant. That's more of what they need from the Cowboys. Just modernize the Texaco's offense. Because the truth is, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a modern-looking offense. Even E said that. It looked antiquated. It looked like a, an old-school West Coast offense when it should be a new-school 21st-century West Coast offense. Also brought up the fact that CeeDee Lamb needed more targets. He got 14 of those targets in uh, in that game versus the Rams. And I said he needed more targets last week because all of the analytical metrics were telling you he was playing his best football of his career. Yards per route run was up uh, to a career high. His explosive receiving rate and yards per target were also at career highs. But his first read target share was down his target share overall was down average route depth and average depth of target were at career lows so those later metrics i brought up those were things to really uh determine um the efficiency and effectiveness of the overall offense of the offensive structure itself when you're talking about yards per route run you're talking about explosive receiving rate yards per target that's what cd lamb is doing individually on his own all right. That's that's how he is. Those stats show that he is achieving at a really high level. But those other uh, metrics I brought up show you that the that the offense is not really helping him out. The offense is not maximizing or weaponizing CeeDee Lamb. He was just doing a lot of it on his own. And now when you're using more modern concepts like, you know, snaps uh, motion at the snap of the football and rate of motion and more motion, period. You know, now you're using more conceptual cheat codes you're using more force multipliers to help um, you know it kind of it help maximize his role within the offense and that's why he had a breakout performance because they're using more of that and he had two touchdowns and, and on 14 targets and I think that's the point I was trying to make last week is that the offense itself philosophically it was you know a subpar that the, the 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 concepts they were using were, were subpar and antiquated but the players the personnel actually was playing at a really high level let's get to Dak Dak last week prior to the Rams game he was actually leading the NFL in on target passes with 84% on target rate I know a lot of you Dak haters out there you don't want to hear that but Dak was actually throwing the football really well he just wasn't getting a lot of uh, wide open windows to throw the football through because they weren't scheming guys open you go look at now Dak got this from pro football focus Dak Prescott since week six he's the highest graded passer by pro football focus since week six 
As a matter of fact, this week, he was the highest-graded quarterback for week eight. 92 overall uh, uh, rating, 90.5 passing grade after going 25-31 for 301 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. So, in fact, since week six, Dak is pro football focused highest-graded passer by more than a couple of points. So the, the metrics, when you're looking at the metrics for individuals, it shows you that a lot of guys are performing at a really high level. But the metrics that show you how the offense itself, the Texaco's offense, is achieving and scheming guys open and maximizing talent, it shows you that it's performing at a subpar level. So players and personnel, some of them performing at a really high level, yet the, the offense itself is not helping them out with its offensive philosophy. I think now you're starting to get both of those things performing at a high level, and they need to get the ball to CeeDee Lamb more. You combine the cheat codes, modernized concepts with CeeDee Lamb playing his best football of his career, he might be having an all-pro type season. Well, and they play the Eagles on Sunday afternoon yeah. and uh, 25th in passer rating allowed, which means Dax should be able to stay hot, but we'll see. They already acquired Kevin Byard from uh, Tennessee. Will they make a move today, the Eagles, to help shore up that secondary even further? And you said you think the Cowboys should make a move. What position should they target? I would go corner. I, I would try corner first because we know, you, first of all, you lost Trevon Diggs. <laughs> and and Duran Bland is playing at a high level. He's playing like a top five corner in the league right now. Lowest passer rating allowed, has three pick sixes. So I would target corner because we know Stephon Gilmore also is a stopgap for you. He's not, he's not a long-term solution. That was a temporary solution um, so that you could have uh, another corner while you make this hopefully a playoff run to go deeper than the divisional round. So I would go corner because that would help you out with the Stephon Gilmore short-term stopgap solution. And also it would help sure up your corner position for the next what six years you already locked up Trevon Diggs you're gonna lock up Deron Bland definitely as soon as possible with the way he's playing and then you'd have another young corner could be a Jalen Johnson could be a Patrick Sertain uh, could be either one of those but you'd have your secondary or cornerback spot locked for what six seven years easy yeah that's a sound investment if you could do it if you could pull it yeah, off, premium I, position. I, you know, I'm for. I'm, again, it reminds me of the, the, the Niners last year making a move that helped last year, and and if not for the injuries at quarterback, they may have made the Super Bowl last year. Uh, and but it also is a long term investment, right? You're yeah. doing both. You those are the good trades where you can accomplish both things, not just a rental, but someone that can help you to position for the long haul. And that's a good point from Rod Babers. As surely the Vikings will pick up Colt McCoy. Well, Ooh. if they can't work out a deal with Jameis Winston, there are reports are talking to the Saints about Jameis Winston in Minnesota. Uh, this says, uh, can the Chiefs make a run at Devontae Adams? I think they could. It's just, I just don't think the Raiders, that's your rivals in your own division. Damn. Teams don't trade. And, Kings and, ransom for it, too. It, it always amazed me when guys in, in baseball would go from the Red Sox to the Yankees, like Roger Clemens and yeah. um, you know these guys would be like, what? You can't go from your rival right to, to your right, rival. Yeah. yeah, you're right about that. That's but, crazy. Uh, but, you know, that would be through free agency. Devontae Adams, I mean, I mean golly, can you imagine Patrick Mahomes on a flight over to Germany? If he heard that they had acquired Devontae Adams, Ooh, that's wild. <laughs> that would be like, oh, no, that would be Can you imagine crazy. the rest of the league going, what? Yeah, that'd be, you know, you know what? Commissioner Goodell might step in like David Stern did. For that, that we got to defend Kelsey the and Devontae yeah, Adams. He might step in and be like, nah, guys, we can't do it. But they don't even, even need Devontae Adams, who's like, what, top three best receivers in the league. They can just go get an aging veteran. Yeah, I think I can afford Mike, Devontae Adams right now. Uh, Mike Evans would be perfect. I think he'd be a little cheaper. I got to look at the contract of Mike Evans. I say a little cheaper, but he's a veteran. He's probably making real good money. But that, I think they would be – the, since you're going to the NFC in Tampa Bay, considering where they are now, I think they'd be a little bit more open to making a deal. Tampa Bay plays uh, 
in Houston this weekend. Baker Mayfield and the Bucks. Oh, uh, Mike would be somewhat down there? He's from Galveston. Galveston, yeah. yeah. It would be somewhat of a homecoming for him. I would say this, that uh, I, here's the one thing I'll say on the way to the timeout. The NFL should move the trade deadline back a they couple should. of weeks. You're right. I, I keep thinking about this as we're going. Why is this so early? It is early. You know, when baseball does it, there's like two months left of a six-month season. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why it has to be the end of October. Why can't it be the end of November? Well, teams will know more about where they are. There are still teams like the Bucks who are – Three and four, and they're still kind of in it. And it's like our division sucks, so we can't start trading players. But why not wait till the end? Why does it have to be this to this day? I don't I get that. Right. I think you're it's right. It's kind of like halfway through the season. It'd be like having Major League Baseball's trade deadline you know, right in the middle of the year before the All-Star break. That wouldn't make sense. No, you're right. And you know what? I think it wasn't a big issue before because the NFL was never this active. Yeah. Trade and before the trade deadline, they're more active now than ever before. And I think now, it, to your point, it stands out now that, hey man, if you could wait like two more weeks, we'd really have more clarity. It, you know, whether these teams are, in, yeah, <laughs> yeah, whether these teams are actually you know, done for, or these teams actually have a chance to make the playoffs and make a playoff push. I'm with you. I think you're right. It's a, it's a worth the move for the NFL, and it would help them. I think. I think it would help them kind of build up the trade deadline to be a bigger phenomenon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, and yeah. You know, there'll be a month, another month or three, three weeks worth of injuries that'll be Deal accrued that. around this league. Yeah. Um, you know, like a team like the Rams in three weeks might put Matt Stafford on the market. That's exactly right. It depends on how desperate. You might get more desperate. By, by yeah. The end. yeah. I mean, it's one of those. It just doesn't seem to be. I don't think we're there yet with some of these teams because there is a lot of parity. All right. We'll come back. When we do, we take your thoughts on that. Also, the uh, who said that conversations. Before we get out of this hour into our fabulous fifth hour, loaded on a Tuesday. So much to do. So many conversations. Texas football coming back. Sark, intense Sark yesterday. Game week face on. All knowing how important this Kansas State game is. Talk more about that coming back. Hook them up with Ian Rod. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Hook them up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. Full Sark on the CFP. forward to 3 o'clock today, trade deadline NFL, which Rod and I disagreed should be moved back a couple of weeks, maybe three, maybe a month, I don't know. Uh, also, it's, it's a 17-week season now, Rod, and they still keep the trade deadline right where it was. They've extended the year. Come on, That's man. also another reason that they should move it. Never thought about that, too. Yeah, season's longer. Also tonight, the uh, college football playoff rankings to be announced. Here's the Longhorn case. Obviously, they're not in the battle with the uh, undefeated teams. I would argue Ohio State and Florida State should be ranked 1-2. I don't care how you put them. I think they're the most accomplished teams to this point against competition this year without any preseason hype. Um, not Nothing against Georgia or Michigan. I think their toughest games are to come. Uh, Washington as well. But I think Ohio State or Florida State should be the number one team in the first uh, snapshot glimpse of what the committee is thinking. But we'll see. Longhorns are in the debate about the, the best one-loss team. And it's a pretty strong case, Rod. They have the feather in the cap of what Sark called yesterday the best win in a country, which I don't disagree with. I mean, they're yeah. good wins, but I know it's hard to argue. Alabama, the way they played since Texas beat them by double digits, uh, still stands as a great win. They haven't lost since, and Alabama's you know a, a part of this one-loss conversation we're going to have. And the record of Alabama at home prior to that. Yes. <laughs> uh, we'll hear Sark talking about it coming up. Oregon, the other thing that Texas has, let's not forget this, they – They've got uh, they've got five wins against Power Five teams, and none have a losing record. 
I mean, Wyoming has a good team. Yeah, uh, Wyoming's a really good team. Rice actually uh, is, lost to, to uh, Tulane this past weekend down at Rice, but Tulane's the best team that's in the, in the non-Power you know power Five, and they played them within three points. I mean, Rice's a pretty good football team. Kansas just beat Oklahoma, pretty good football team. So it's one of those they don't have a bad win. Like they don't have a win that's against a real bad team yeah. compared to what you would see from some of these other teams. So that's a strength for Texas. Now it has, you know, the red zone problems and some of the issues of not playing four quarters have kind of minimized some of these scores. But, you know, as far as one loss team goes, the only one that has an argument is, is uh, Oregon because the analytics are going to love Oregon's balance of offense to defense and ball protection. They have the fewest turnovers in the FBS. But if you go back to that, the game that cost them not being in the – because if Oregon had beaten Washington at Washington, they'd be number one without a doubt. Oh, it'd be easier. It, and it, that game was a field goal miss from going to overtime. It's fourth downs. That game it was all those back. fourth downs that Dan yeah, Landing went fourth for. Fourth downs, yeah. Um, it was a big, man. But, I mean, Oregon, when you look at the – and you're big on the, the stats, Rod, and the analytics. I mean, they're, they're, they average almost eight yards per play. They allow under five, like 4.7 yards per play defensively. Fewest turnovers in the FBS. Um, no, those are those are all metrics that lead to winning. Mm-hmm. Same time, your coach going forward over and over and over again on fourth down. Rolling the dice. May have cost you being number one in the country when this comes out. Yeah, he might have gambled a little too much. Yep. Might have gambled a little uh, too much. So, and, and so, you know, we come in here tomorrow, Rod, I will not be upset if Oregon's ahead of Texas. I think it's that close. Because, you know, their win over Washington versus Texas' win over Alabama, you know, Texas was on the road, strength of schedule, all those things. It's very, very close. It'll be interesting that this is what is good because I know it, it's, it's malleable and it changes week to week. And, but, you know, if they have Texas ahead of Oregon here, that's going to tell you they, they believe a lot in that Alabama win. Yep. They, be, they yeah. believe a lot in the Alabama win. Yeah, that's why I say depending on where they rank the team, they rank Michigan high, then you know – they're they're impressed by the way Michigan has won, not the, who they've beaten, but the way they've won, and maybe that matters to the committee. If, if Michigan's low, then you know they're 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 real, and they're high on Texas, then they're high on who you've beaten already. Well, and the other thing that's really close is Oregon's loss to Washington's explainable. That's a tough place to play. College game days there, yep. and Texas lost a rivalry game on the last second play uh, against a, you know throughout the records kind of game in the in the Cotton Bowl neutral site. So. You know, Texas doesn't have a bad win, and they don't really have a bad loss. No. Uh, so, and they've got maybe the best win in the country. So that's where Texas is. Well, a lot of those ones, I mean, even Oklahoma's loss is not a bad loss. I know it's to the backup quarterback at Kansas, but Kansas was a ranked team. Yeah. In Kansas, Kansas, we just in our minds, Kansas football. It's hard to think of them, Kansas, though. from different, yeah, from the reputation of being the yard birds of old. But this is a different Kansas Jayhawks team, and uh, I think obviously Lance Leopold has, pro- has proven that. So yeah, a lot of the one loss teams like you talk about Bama, Bama one loss, and one loss is a damn good loss for Alabama because that one loss is to a Texas team um, that's playing pretty well and has beaten a lot of uh, nothing but quality opponents so far. So I, I. I don't know the, the mental gymnastics they're going to go through here. Uh, can't wait to see exactly how they line up, like the top eight, because I think that'll tell you exactly what they value and what they prioritize uh, in, in the rankings. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Hey, Ty, can we play the full Sark cut? I've been playing some of it during the headlines just to shorten it up a little bit. Can we play number nine in our cut rundown here, which is the full Sark when asked about the college football playoff rankings and is he even thinking about it right now and uh, makes a little case for his team? It just seems pretty early to me. Um, you know, I, I'm shied away from this. I think we got a pretty good football team. Um, 
and uh, I think that we're a very versatile team. Uh, I think the fact that you know we, we started our backup quarterback against a five and two team and won thirty five to six, and so we get another opportunity this weekend to to play with our backup quarterback. And so you know not every team out there has had to endure some of the things that we've had to. Um, and if they had to play with their backup, how would they play? But I think it it speaks to the type of team that we have. I'd argue we have the best win in the country right now. Um, the fact that we go into Tuscaloosa, Alabama and beat a team that was 52-1 and one, uh, in the previous 53 games of us going in there. Um, and I hear so much about how, how tough the SEC is, but I haven't seen any of those teams go into Alabama and win either. So I feel pretty good about our team. Um, and I think over time this whole thing will play itself out. So we've got to focus on what we need to do Saturday and, and play our best football. He also wanted everybody to know that Texas had their backup quarterback in there, too. That's also part of the pitch. The pitch is best win in the country is Texas over Alabama uh, in Tuscaloosa. And also, we're playing with our backup right now. So if the wins don't look as impressive, don't know that's why. Yeah. He, he threw that out there, too. I like it. Hey, I like that, man. You got a hey, campaign for well, your, it's, it's, your team, it's man. It's a beauty pageant, man. You got <laughs> to make your statement. Exactly you got to get right. out there and you got to like as and yep. like should. Now, did he mention that Texas, South Carolina? Did he mention that Texas played three backup quarterbacks? No, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> that's Don't bring up the negative. Bring, exactly. Don't eliminate the negative. Don't bring that up when you're campaigning. No, no you're let them about, do that. Exactly right. No, you bring up the positive. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. But that's a good point, though, about the back. That's why you wear a push-up bro. bra, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Put them out there, man. Put them out there. Squeeze exactly. them. Yeah. Squeeze them. A bathing suit competition. It's big. It's big, Come man. on, man. Don't say it's not. It's huge. It always has Got to hide the flaws and. <laughs> accentuate the strengths. That's all I would say. That's exactly what uh, And you got to win the game. Let's be honest. If Texas were to lose to K-State on Saturday, then none of this matters at all. It's all moot. And that's why I think Sark was pretty much all business yesterday. He was pretty, pretty, pretty locked in, pretty tied in. Uh, also, Ty, we've got the rundown sheet out. Let's play another one here because I thought, I thought because again, we, we recorded our new eyes on Texas multicast last night, and I just my sense was Sark was was pretty locked in on this. He talked yeah. about how he challenged his team, let him have it a little bit this morning. He's frustrated with himself about the play calls and potentially down in the red zone, but also some of the lack of execution down in the red zone. But number four, Ty, I'm talking about the K-State defense and just why they are playing so well right now because the offense is what everybody's going to talk about, Rod, with the two quarterbacks and a. Avery Johnson and Will yeah. Howard and how they've, they've scored what um, back-to-back. They scored 41 on Houston. They scored 40 the week before. They had 38 the week before. Yeah. So, But their defense has allowed three points in the last two weeks. And their defense played against Donovan Smith, who shredded Texas for almost 400 yards and held him to nothing and, and zero points. So here's Sark on what he sees on this K-State defense that they're doing very well here in the month of October. Uh, you know, I think they, they play well together. Um, I think they play as a team. Um, I think they've got a good scheme. They're very aggressive. They, they you know, the, it's hard to stay on double teams. They get you off of double teams at the line of scrimmage. The linebackers are downhill players. They're good tacklers, good tacklers in the secondary. Um, and then they force third longs. And when, when you're the majority of your third downs are third and nine plus, uh, then they're able to, to play coverage and rush the passer and get off the field. So, um, I, I think it's really critical uh, in this game that uh, you know, we, we've got to win on first down, um, but but we got to get back to playing our brand of football, and that's a physical brand of football uh, and being detail oriented and execute. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, well, this the, 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 that, some of that sounded like the game after Rice where he was ticked at his team and challenged his first-team offensive line and went some one-on-ones and good on good. And they came out and were real physical against Alabama. I think this week of prep may be like that, Rod. Just that uh, we got to be ready because we couldn't get a push on BYU. Yeah. Uh, when we needed it. And now we're going to be playing K-State, who is great on putting people in third and long. We need more guys. We need more out of our offensive line in this game. Yeah. With a backup quarterback? I, yeah, with a backup quarterback. Well, especially in the red zone and on the goal line. I think uh, yeah, specifically a lot of this is directed at that because in between the 20 seconds, is moving the football pretty good. And they have been moving, moving the football really well all year long in between the 20s, and they've gotten bogged down inside uh, the 20-yard line. So I think, you know, depending on the the, the, the renewed effort and the renewed uh, focus by Texas in the red zone. I think you're going to see some new concepts potentially in the red zone. You're going to see some new wrinkles in the red zone, uh, but not, not too many. I think Sark is going to try to really fine tune the stuff that they have been doing. And, and he's trying to get them to execute it at a higher level rather than to change up and, and wholesale change, make wholesale changes to their red zone philosophy. I think he's like, cause like you just pointed out when he looks at the film, he goes, one missed block, and we're in. Oh, <laughs> damn, that guy missed he, he missed that assignment. Oh, man, that guy, oh, he dropped that pass. He catched that pass, touchdown. I mean, that's how it is. That's, that's how it was in the Bama game. That's how it was even in this game versus BYU. So I don't think he he looks at it as we got we to gotta overhaul and change everything because when he watches the film, all he sees is that one play, that one instance of the one assignment, the one missed block, and he goes, that's a touchdown if Jay Witt just make, makes the block, and Jay Witt's our best blocker yeah. on the perimeter. So I think you're going to get him just – that's why he chewed their butt, uh, and he got on him probably dog custom a little bit. And it's like, guys, this is on us. It's on me because I'm losing focus, and you guys losing focus down there. That's when we need to a renewed focus, and we need to crystallize our focus. And I think that's what you're going to get. Same concepts, just guys executing them at a higher level. Uh, I will say kick your field goals, but also I know you are, are skeptical, but I, I'm, I'm, I want more Jonathan Brooks in the red area. I know he's already kind of penciled in Savion Red and C.J. Baxter as his bigger backs, but yeah. this dude over the last five weeks is 163 yards a game. He's six touchdowns. He's almost seven yards a carry. I, to me, whether because sometimes Sark, I think, gets blinders of certain positions and roles and positionless football. This is one of your best football players, period. It's one of your best football players, Jonathan Brooks. More for him in the red zone for me. It helps a lot. And Sark threw it to him on the third and ten, the swing route, to get him on the perimeter, yep. and he dang near got in. It was a toe, toenail on the line, or on the out-of-bounds line, or it would have been a touchdown, and we wouldn't be talking about this as much this week. And uh, I just I like more 24, uh, whatever you have to do. Uh, all right, there you go. There's uh, some Texas football talk. We'll come back with who said that. Who said that? A lot of good stuff. Good audio out there. James Harden's on his way to the Clippers. Trade deadline is today. College football playoff rankings are coming out. By the way, Kelvin Banks was asked yesterday, will he have a glimpse at the rankings? He said, not a glimpse. Not a glimpse. Don't care. Kelvin Banks, mm, not paying attention. Yeah, he, hey, that guy there, man. He, he's talking about an old soul. He, he's going to go sleep on his uh, mattress, Mac, gallery furniture bed. Right. And hey, not care. State of the art. State of the art <laughs> gallery furniture bed that it's he got. It's got to be to fit him. I mean, how big is that mattress? They make mattress. It's got to be a California king. That's on. right. That's right. We're back. Who said that? Aaron Hogan. You just got to keep living, man. Rod Babers. L-I-V-I-N. E and Rod B. On the horn. Ooh, Emerson. Who said it? It's time for some audio. 
that maybe we haven't gotten to so far. Heard a lot of Sark audio this morning. I've uh, been talking about uh, college and pro football, NFL trade deadline, Monday Night Football. The Lions uh, dominate the Vegas Raiders, and that'll be interesting to see today. If you saw Devontae Adams throwing helmets and whatnot last night, he said he's at a loss for words. Not sure how a guy that good gets one catch for 11 yards. But... Kick. Go look at his targets all year. He's been complaining all year long. And by the way, the one year game he went off was targets. against me in fantasy football, Rod. The yeah. one game where he had like 30 points. I'm like, yeah. oh, come on, man. Yeah, he hadn't gone off a lot. And they, they've been using him as a decoy. And he's like, I'm, a, I'm not a decoy. Hey, y'all. You, you, I'm not, uh, you don't use Tyreek Hill as a decoy. I'm a number one wide receiver. I'm the guy. I'm the man. He is but, him. But let's also consider your quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, completed all of 10 passes last night. Man, I got to say, Jimmy, without not being that Shanahan system, he looks so different. Rod, in an NFL game, a Ugh. professional quarterback who makes a lot of money completed 10 Passes. So when you consider that Devontae only caught one, you know, yeah. that's 10% of his league. Oh, with Jimmy, you know, at least three of them were check down. Three or four of them were oh, check downs on the. Ten passes in an NFL game completed. That's how, horrible. How about this, that Jimmy G has never had an average time to throw over 2.6 seconds. This year it's 2.85, and you can tell he looks lost. He's holding on to the ball longer because he doesn't know what the hell he's going with it. And it's like, you got Devontae Adams, throw it to him. <laughs> well, somebody throw it will throw it. The first one I want to play, Rod, and who said that? I think you'll know this, but it's our quarterback. Uh, can I play a little of this? This is uh, a quarterback who does get rid of the ball. Now, took a bad loss this past weekend, but who is this, Rod? Who said that? Oh, man. This almost got me in trouble earlier. Uh, I don't want to stir up the pot. Retire receivers, I'm going Ocho Cinco. Routes. If you know anything about who Ocho Cinco loves, that'll give you an answer. So if you watch Ocho Cinco, who his favorite route runner is in the league, that's who I would like to throw to. Right, that is uh, CJ Stroud. Yes, and he yep. was asked, "Who would you, which receiver mm-hmm. would you most like to throw to?" And he said, "I'm not talking about current receivers. I'll yeah. talk about retired receivers." I don't know who Ocho Cinco's favorite route runner was. Do you know? Uh, Devontae Adams. Okay. Devontae Adams is his favorite route runner. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's the guy we were just talking about. Yeah. Well, maybe the Texans should go get Devontae. Hey, now, Rod, let's well, go now. Honestly, I initially, I remember you brought this up a couple of weeks ago, and I was against it. But now seeing how far along C.J. Stroud is, I'm not against it. But I will say the wide receiving core for the, for the Texans is one, of, is one of the best turnaround stories in the league right now. Their wide receivers are killing it. Nico well, Collins you, and Tank If Dale. you tell me that I got a young C.J. Stroud and they were to go after Devontae Adams aggressively, be willing to take on that contract – you know, Nico Collins is off to a good start, but I think he's more of a number two. I think Tank Dell's a perfect slot, and I think Dalton Schultz is a good tight end. He is, yeah. Um, you know, you, you give me that. I know, but the, the, I think the argument would be, why not just go draft one of uh, first the uh, top wide receiver instead of going to get a Devontae Adams? And you could just go, but that's a lot of money to pay. I know. It's a lot of money to pay. For, but, Look I mean, at me. I'm like a Texas. You got a lot of money, though. You got a lot of money. You got a lot of money. You got a lot of rookies. Rookie, rookies on rookie deals. Play. Yeah, you got a rookie quarterback here for yeah, the next so, three or four years. You know what? That's how you want to spend your money. Go spend it like that. Yeah. And there's no guarantee this rookie you draft is going to be anything close to Devontae Adams. Totally agree. At so least I, you know what he is. It's, it's, it really, honestly, I've, I've come more uh, around to it as I've thought about it. And C.J. Stroud has shown me he's a legit QB. Yeah. Like playing like a top 10 QB in the league. Uh, all right, uh, Ty, who said that? Would you just um, just pull up one of the, uh, the last three cuts I sent you? Um, how about the, the coach? How about pull up the coach for me? Who said that? It was a rivalry then. Like, you know, uh, Bosworth spit in my face. I spit in his face. I mean, it was actually a rivalry, right? Like um, uh, the summer of my uh, – before my sophomore year, you know, I would go to parties in Oklahoma City and and uh, um, they would say, well, Bosworth and Migliazzo and some of those guys were here. And so I had to make a decision whether 
um, were we going to have confrontation there and who was with me? Because, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, those guys, you know, I can kick them in the shin and run like hell, but, <laughs> but, but you know, I mean, I'm not dumb. So we had to make those decisions because, I mean, what, what kind of a frame of mind was Brian going to be in on that point? I don't know. You know, um, you know, had he uh, taken a, a vitamin C and had a few drinks, well, he might not be a guy you want to talk to at that point. You know, he'd get real red and cross his face. So there, it was a rivalry then. Now it's not as much anymore, unfortunately, because of the way it is. But it's a very important game. Dang, did he say vitamin C? Did he take a vitamin C and have That's some drinks? Wild. That's great. Did you see he was spitting that they spit in each other's face? Brian Bosworth, and that's my wow. of course. Oh, dude. That is that's <laughs> probably a reason the T V networks didn't put this game in primetime and made it the two thirty game. That's going to get a little rowdy in Stillwater. Especially my, the last one is definitely going to get rowdy. And I think the coaches are going to encourage it because, because they know, hey, man, you got to win that last one. Texas and Texas a we remember that last one. Well, and if something is up with Dylan Gabriel after his uh, Ooh, yeah. issues last weekend, you, you, there kind of be, could smell some blood. Uh, we'll see. This is going to be a good game. I you, think so. Yeah, and as you, you've told us that the uh, – Oklahoma Sooners have dominated this last 18 times. They've won 15 of three, them. Yeah, three and 15 is a record for Gundy. That's not a good record. All right, who said this, Rod? A lot of people think this is a, this is a Longhorn player who okay. a lot of people think wears the number he wears for a certain someone. But uh, this is a guy who's been coming on strong. Here we go. Who said that, Rod? Who said that? Um, Jackson Coker was one of my best friends. Um, and when he passed away, um, every single day that I've lived um, continuing forward I've just tried to embrace what he um, did on this planet he was such a loving guy um, his faith was so important to him um, he loved Jesus Christ more than anybody um, and so it, it really resembled and I try to wake up every single day representing Jackson and trying to do my best um, to just you know when I wear number 16 I got to go out all out on that field um, and when I make a play it's all praise to God because that's who he is and, and that's who he was and um, that's just what's, what was most important to him. So um, it feels so good to just wear that 16, knowing that he's watching over me and uh, I'm trying to do the best that I can for him. Taft Daddy. Taft Daddy. That uh, was Michael Taft. Well, it was Ty who told us when I thought, well, maybe he's wearing 16 because of Arch Manning. It's 16 on the offensive side. And uh, Ty was quick to correct us from the, the Westlake story and the, the sad story of Jake, Jake, Jake Coker, who was killed in a car accident out there on uh, – on BK's road last year and uh, sad stuff. That's, 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 you know, I know sad tie, but also cool to hear that a, a chap is supporting a chap, a chap like that. Yeah, definitely. It's yeah. a great, good, good story. Well, sad story, but it is. A story. Yeah. A, yeah. You know, good, good outcome for, for old tap daddy. Yeah. Uh, no, I, it's I, funny. I, I'm in a fantasy football league with his dad and it's saying he sounds just like his dad. Does he really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You hear that all the time. Uh, okay. Let's, uh, let's hear one more here. Uh, how about the player, um, can you pull that one up for me, Ty? Pull up the player that I sent you. And who said that? Oh, computer oh. issues, sorry. Ah, uh, that's okay. Uh, We're overextending our computer. anticlimactic. My bad. I know. Computer issues. Yeah, I got one that, Don't that worry. can work here for you, though. Give it to me. Thank you so much for letting me hold your stuff for Halloween because I'm OJ Simpson all day today. I actually parked the Bronco in the parking lot. Oh, and uh, we're going to have a good time today on Halloween, man. But thank you, Juice. This is all original paraphernalia, merch from OJ. And uh, thanks, Juice, for letting me hold your stuff today. Pause. 
That actually, uh, you probably, you're definitely not going to guess who that was. Uh, that was actually Cameron. I was sending that for like off the record stuff. So it, that was actually Cameron. Apparently, uh, O.J. Simpson, who goes on that show with Cameron, and he let Cameron borrow his his Buffalo Bills jersey and uniform to wear for the electric company days. Yeah, and that's what he claims. That's what Cameron claims that O.J. can. O.J. does go on the show a lot, and he goes on there. Is Cameron a talk show host? Yeah, he used to be a rapper, but now he does a he does a show. Uh, so he claims that OJ. He's, it looks like the OJ Simpson uniform, but you could have found that anywhere, I guess. Um, but he claims it was a real thing that OJ actually gave him the original. Be careful to come back and break in your your hotel room and take it back. <laughs> well, you got permission this time. Well, they didn't have permission. OJ claims he was just trying to get his stuff back, and he had to break down, pull some kick doughs to do it. <laughs> hey, happy Halloween, everybody. We'll uh, reset Rod's favorite Halloween candy and take yours in our fabulous fifth hour. Rod's is easy, but uh, need yours, too, because it's uh, counting down the hours to the trade deadline in the NFL. First college football playoff rankings released, and then it's time to trick-or-treat ahead of game. Got to do all this, so, you know, keep it locked in here on the horn, Rod, but then all that happened, you got to do trick-or-treating and get back to see game four of the World Series. Yes, right. Got to get this all knocked out today. Got to plan accordingly. Uh, We'll be back. We will plan your fabulous fifth hour. Coming next, hook them up with Ian Rodby.